the message today is called presence. And what I want to talk to you about is the presence of Jesus Christ in your life. I want to talk about his headship, his rule, his preeminence, which means his importance. I want to talk about Jesus. Is that okay? Can we talk about Jesus today? I want to pray and I want to ask God to bless this service, to bless this sermon, and to bless your hearts and to bless your ears and to open them up because if we need anything in this world, it's more Jesus. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for already letting us know that you're here and already feeling your presence and, and knowing, God, that you are moving in our midst and there are people right now who, if I gave them the opportunity, they would come to the altar and they would get on their face and they would say, my God, my God, why, why, why did you come for me? I'm, I'm no good, I'm, 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 I'm a sinner, I'm, I'm unworthy. Thank you. Thank you so much. God, I pray that you would help us all to come to that place to where we realize our sin, we recognize our sin, but we also understand your grace, your forgiveness, your mercy, and your glory, and your righteousness, and your infinite sacrifice and payment on the cross so that we would not be buried under our sin, but set free under your work. God, thank you. Set us free today to worship through word. Set us free to worship with our lives. I pray that those sitting under the sound of my voice would see your face and they would fall on theirs. God, that they would get up renewed, that they would get up with their head held high, not because of any righteousness that they have, but because they have been transferred from the domain of darkness into the kingdom of the Son, into the kingdom of His glorious light. I pray it in the name of Jesus Christ, by the power of the Holy Spirit, through the proclamation of the Father. Let's believe it in Jesus' name. Amen. Today we're going to be in Colossians chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1, verses 15 through 20. Colossians chapter 1, verses 15 through 20. Let's read in God's Word. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by Him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and and invisible whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities all things were created through him and for him and he is before all things and in him all things hold together and he is the head of the body the church he is the beginning the firstborn from the dead that in everything he might be preeminent for in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. By the blood of his cross. I want to show you three truths about Jesus Christ and his relationship to you this morning. That if you will tap into these things, that you will, if you will believe these things, and you will walk into these things, what I guarantee you is, and is that a bold statement, is it? That I would guarantee you something? If you will do these things, then I will guarantee you that you will have more peace, you will have more confidence, you will have more passion and power than you've ever had in your life. And this is not a health, wealth, and prosperity gospel that I'm about to tell you about because what I'm telling you is, is that it's bigger than that. It's better than that. And what I'm saying is that you will not have hard times. I'm not telling you that you won't have hard times. What I'm telling you is bigger and better than that. What I'm telling you is when the hard times come, when the rain hits, when you can't 
take it anymore. You will have that peace, that undergirding foundation of Jesus Christ and his cross that you cannot be shaken even when it gets hard. Does that sound good? Who needs money when you got Jesus? Who needs comfort when you got the cross? Hey, bring on the world. If I've got Jesus, I need nothing else. Okay? So what I'm telling you is peace, power, and everything else in between. Because Jesus Christ is that good. He is that good. Okay? The first thing I want, I got three for you. The first is, you don't just need him, you cannot live without him. You don't just need him, you cannot live without him. You see, I'm not just talking about, so many people say, yeah, I've been saved. Yeah, I prayed a prayer one day, and there are a lot of people sitting under my voice right now. A lot of people who lived in the Bible Belt for a really long time. And I have yet, to find more than a handful of people that when I talk to them, they say they are not a Christian. As a matter of fact, from my experience, probably 95% or more of everybody that I talk to, no matter where they are, no matter what they do, no matter what, say, oh yeah, I'm a Christian. Yeah, this is what they always do. Yeah, I prayed that prayer. And I'm going to say something right now that may be a little bold. But I'm going to tell you that the sinner's prayer may be one of the most dangerous things I've ever seen before in my entire life. Now, do I hate the sinner's prayer? Absolutely not. I actually pray it with people. You've got to start somewhere. But so many people have heard, if you will pray this prayer and walk this aisle, then you're good. But what my God has told me is, is that you do pray. You do confess with your mouth. But that you believe in your heart that Jesus is God. And God means is that he is everywhere, all the time, in every aspect of life. And it's not something that you need for a second and let it go. You cannot live without Jesus Christ today Yesterday, tomorrow, or 50 years from now, you've got to be right up in it all the time or you cannot count yourself in that thing. Now, I'm not telling you that you can lose your salvation. I'm not telling you any of that. But what I'm telling you is you cannot rest assured that you are saved, that you know him, that you are set free unless you are currently believing in him in this present time, in this present moment. I believe that once you have entered the king's hand, nothing can take you out. I believe that no one can rob you of your salvation, not even you. You think you're better than Jesus? You're like, I'm getting out of here. I know you. What I'm telling you is, is that unless you are presently living under the graces of Jesus Christ and believing at this present time, you have no evidence. Therefore, you have no assurance that you were ever a child of God in the first place. Amen? The Bible tells us all things were created through him and for him. Listen to the scripture. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created in heaven 
and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. Bottom line is what he's doing is he's covering everything. He's covering it from the top to the bottom, to the left, to the right, to the in-between. Everything, everything was created, and he is before all things. Everything is up under him. And then he says, encompassing it all again, he says, all things were created through him and for him. You see, there's another scripture in Romans chapter 1 verse 17 that says the righteous shall live by faith. The righteous shall live by faith. Now many times, and I've heard this, this text preached on several times, and the route that a lot of people tend to go down is that the righteous shall walk out their lives according to their faith. And so it's like you should live out your life according to your faith. The things that you do in life should be based on your faith. It should be based on what you believe. Your actions, your actions come out of what you believe. And while that's true, I do not believe that's what this verse is teaching. You see, as we get up under the Greek and as we get up under the original language, and actually this is found for the first time in the book of Habakkuk. Anybody even know that that was a book? <laughs> The book of Habakkuk. And what he's actually talking about, if you'll go and read some context, he's actually saying the righteous shall come to life by faith. Do you see the difference? He's not talking about the way you walk out your life. He's talking about the first breath you ever take will come from faith. So it's that not that you shall go about your life by the way that your faith tells you to, but it is actually that you will open your eyes for the first time, you will take your first breath by the way that you believe in Jesus Christ. You see how paramount this is. It means that unless you believe in Jesus Christ, you are dead where you sit, you have no purpose, you have no reason, and you have nowhere to go. You see, you don't just need Him, you can't come to life without Him. I preached a, a message out of Ezekiel, and the message was out of the Valley of Dry Bones. And I remember that, that, that message because I remember God set that in my, my mind so vividly in my mind. And what the bottom line was that God dropped Ezekiel out in the Valley of Dry Bones, and I just see him now when he hit, and it says, Lo, they were very dry. I think that's King James on you right there. Lo, they were dry. And I just imagine Ezekiel walking through the valley of dry bones, and as he took a step, he said, dust came up. And he says, oh, son of man. You see, Jesus is the greater Ezekiel. He tells Ezekiel, he says, oh, son of man, can these bones live? And Ezekiel said the only thing that he could possibly say, oh, Lord God, you know. That's what he said, Brandon, I think, I, I think you, you need to plant a church. What do you think? Oh, I don't know. And Ezekiel's looking at the bones, he's like, man, I don't know, God. <coughs> I don't know. And he says, Prophet, prophesy to the spirit. Prophesy to the breath. You know, that's the same word. Breathe on them. And God's word goes forth. Who is the word of God? Man, we could do this all day long. That Jesus Christ comes and he intermingles with these very dry bones. Don't you understand that you are dead and dry and Gone, no life to be found, no flesh, no water, no substance, no nothing without Jesus. And then Jesus comes, and it says there was a great rattling, and I can hear it now. And there was a great rattling, and Ezekiel's looking around going, what in the world's going on? That's the same thing that's been happening here. We've been looking around at the church going, what is going on? And the, and the, and the, the whole valley's shaking and rattling, and all of a sudden these dry bones that are dusty start getting up. And he's looking around at all these dead people. 
All these dry bones with no life. And he says, prophesy to the wind, prophesy to the breath, speak life. And life comes in, the presence of God comes in, and it says skin came on them, and sinews, and, and they could move. But there was still no life. You see, you can be walking around, talking, and this ain't in my nose, but it's okay, that's what God said. You can be walking around and moving, and your arms doing like this, and even like this. But you'd be dead as a bag of hammers. Oh, and then you know what he told him? He said, prophesy to the breath, prophesy to the wind, prophesy to the spirit, speak to the spirit, and say, feel these dry bones. And you know what? This is what God painted in my head. I see it now. You have these dead people here, and they're moving, and they're doing whatever. But Ezekiel, Jesus says, live. And they go, you can't live without faith man church without jesus church without movement church without faith church without without seeing him and knowing him and and getting up early in the morning and getting in the word and feeling him move or and getting up late in the evening and going to bed late and sacrificing sleep to see the king move and to get into the word and, and to put your worship music on and to be crying in the car looking like a fool it's stupid. Church without Jesus is stupid. Church is a hobby. It's ridiculous. And if you don't have faith in the one true God that breathes life out everywhere he goes, then you're a walking dead man. You're a walking dead woman and you have no hope. You've not even come to life, much less started to live every day. It's Jesus and Jesus alone. Amen? Jesus. Faith is life. Faith is life. You do not primarily use this book to learn how to live. Is that a controversial statement? You do not use this book to primarily learn how to go about everyday life. You use this book to be transformed by the inside out. And the evidence of the work of God is a work of the Holy Spirit. You go and read it for yourself. It's not my word. It's his. The bottom line is, is that you believe in Christ and you see him in this book and life just happens. You don't have to figure it out and make sure you do this and make sure you walk that way and make sure you walk this way and and make sure you put on this suit or or these casual clothes and make sure you talk like this and and go to this school and and, and, and buy this thing or don't don't buy that thing. It's not about that. It's about knowing Jesus, seeing Jesus, living in Jesus, loving Jesus, preaching Jesus, singing Jesus, 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 Jesus. Amen. And when you preach and live and eat and breathe Jesus, then your life will happen. You won't have, that's what I'm telling you. I'm, I'm trying to show you how to evangelize the world. And what I have learned is that I'm really stupid. And a lot of us are. Because Jesus has told me that evangelism is not as complicated as you're making it out to be. As a matter of fact, if you would press in close to me and come in really tight to me, like John, John the, uh, 
the, the beloved disciple, when he leaned up in close to Jesus and he got a word from Jesus, see, Peter was Peter, and he's, he's awesome. But Peter was the one that looked at John and said, hey, man, see if you can get him to tell us who the, the one that betrayed him is. You see how much closer? John leaned, oh, man, I love that. It says John reclined back against Jesus. Can you just, a man, you know, he just leaned back up again. I can just see him now. He leaned back and he said, hey, man. A little insight here. Help me out. Hook a brother up. When you press into Jesus like that, he'll flip the script. He'll change everything in your life. You will start to be the man that you always wanted to be, and you'll wonder why. Ask Terry Corn. You think that all these guys that are living for Christ, you think they figured it out? No, they're idiots. I'm telling you, we're all stupid. You want to live right? You want to be transformed? That's Jesus. That's Jesus. You get into the Word. Now, you do have to study. You do have to get in here. But what I'm telling you is do not try to transform your life to match these scriptures by your own willpower. It won't work. You will fall flat on your face and look like a fool and a hypocrite. But if you will find Jesus in here and you will understand him and learn about him and walk in him, then you will absolutely be transformed and you won't even realize the work that's being done in your life. Amen? Faith is life. Two. Amen. You don't just need him once. You can't last without him. This is one of my favorite aspects of Scripture because I have people come to me all the time. As a matter of fact, it just happened to me not too long ago. Listen to what it says in the Scripture right here. All things were created through him and for him, so you don't have purpose unless you're in him. You don't, it's, it, you're going toward him whether you like it or not, and if you're pulling away, you're dead, okay? They, you find your life in him. Then it says, and he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. In him all things hold together. How does this work? So the bottom line is, is that we have this, we have this thing in our culture, especially in the Bible Belt, we just talked about it a little bit. What we want to do is we want to come to Jesus one time, say a little prayer, do a little dance, do whatever, jump through, the ho- jump through the hoops, you know, do whatever everybody else is doing, and then we're good. We have fire insurance. No, you don't. It is a life lived out. And the bottom line, so many people come to me oftentimes, and I find myself here too. Let me go ahead and tell you this, is that when... The Holy Spirit was moving in here just a little bit ago. I was broken and weeping over there because I have to get up here and lead you in a, in, in a, toward righteousness knowing my own sin. You see, I know that I'm a sinner. I've got things in my life. I've got sins that I committed this week. He's like, oh, the preacher sins. Yeah. I mean, I ain't smoking crack, but you know what I'm saying? I got things I'm dealing with too, you know. I'm fight. I'm fighting to find time to get in my Bible. I'm fighting to find time to beat my body and get in that doggone floor and play with them kids. Cause it ain't about me. I'm struggling too. And so Jesus is like, "You gotta go up there and preach." I'm like, "But God, I'm an idiot." And Jesus is like, "I know." <laughs> but I'm with you, my child. What was I even saying? Oh, you see, the bottom line is, 
is that what we want to do is we want to come to Jesus and it's straight. It's good. It's all good. But we, we tend to start rattling apart. It, it, it's like, it's like we, we get it all, we think we got it all together, okay? We get it all together. And how many times, don't raise your hand or point to the person beside you, but how many times do we go off to a camp or a youth camp or a retreat or a men's retreat and we're on the mountain and we're like, yes, I'm going to change the world. And then Monday it's like, man. And we get, we get this encounter with Jesus Christ, and, and we seem to be tight. We seem to be tight and, and on fire. And, uh, you know, the guys that, there's a couple of guys that own race cars in here, and they race and stuff like that. You know, when your car's real tight and it's, and it's put together real good, it's going good. You know, when you start hearing bolts rattling and it's starting to come apart, it's like, oh, no. <laughs> you know, you're going you're gonna to fly apart. Well, we see, we, we have this encounter with Jesus, and we feel like everything's pulled in tight and looking good. But then we start to go throughout the week and we start getting hit by things and we start to come undone. And we start to fly apart. And we, and we, we don't know what's going on. And we say, what's going on in my life? I was in this place and I was loving and I was feeling good and, and now I don't know what's going on. And I ask the first question, how many times a week do you read your Bible? How often do you worship? Do you guys, let me ask a really, really honest question. Do you guys ever worship outside of this church right here like you do in here if you do not lift your hands throughout the week or maybe you don't lift your hands maybe you're one of those tough guys it's like <sighs> maybe you don't do that okay maybe you just look up maybe you lift your eyebrows Whatever you do, you do it throughout the week. Get in your ride. I, you know, I got a system in my show, and I'll be bumping, I exalt thee. I play these same songs. And I have, I'm not lying to you. Asher, he don't know yet, so he wouldn't. But I had all three boys in the truck the other day bumping Jesus culture. I exalt thee, lifted up, and I had my hands lifted up. And I looked in the rearview mirror, Ezekiel and Titus had their arms lifted up. And I, man, I just started crying. Listen, you will fly apart, you will come undone, you will feel like the whole world is crumbling around you if you think that Jesus Christ is a one-time deal and now you're good. I tell all of these guys, and there's a couple of roughnecks in here, and everybody said I. There's a couple of roughnecks in here that they struggle with things, and I tell them just like I tell me. You better get your face in the Bible. You better get your face on the ground as you pray. You better seek Him and seek Him daily or you will be right back into the world where you started because you are not strong enough. You are not strong enough. He holds everything together. You say, how he might ask, and this is one of my favorite parts. We might be here for a little while. He has been there and completed the task. I want you to turn, if you can turn fast or you can just listen to me read Hebrews chapter 12 listen to what it says Hebrews chapter 12 therefore since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us looking to listen to this looking to Jesus the founder and perfecter of our faith who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross despising the shame and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God 
Another translation, and, and I think a better translation when looking at the original language would say, not the founder, not the perfecter of our faith, but it would say the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. The founder, the author, another translation says the author. I like the pioneer of our faith. You know what that means? The author of it? Somebody say, well, that just means that he started it. Well, yeah, kind of. But you know what that really means? The pioneer aspect of it, the pioneer of our faith, means that there was a jungle of life out there that was eating us alive. We've been fighting life from day one. And Jesus Christ is not a God that cannot sympathize. He's not a God that says, if you do these things, then I will love you. If you do these things, then I will have a relationship with you. If you do these things, then you may have a decent life. You see, we was talking about, we was, I did some premarital counseling. I want to tell you, we got some stuff going on at the well. Three couples going through premarital counseling. If any of you others out there are looking to get married, come and see me after the service because we've already started. We did it first one this morning. I hadn't announced it, but we're doing a group session. So if you're wanting to get married and you want to go through some premarital counseling to talk about it, to fill it out, come and talk to me. We've got three couples stepping out of a life of sin. They were living, I don't think they'd mind me sharing this. I'm not going to call names. They were living together and, and doing everything that a married couple would do together except not having it right by God. And since the start of the well, God spoke to them. They've stopped that behavior. They want to do it God's way. That's a miracle. That's a miracle. Jesus Christ being the pioneer of our faith does not mean that he's saying, you do this, you do that, you're good. What it means is, is that Jesus Christ was the one that didn't stand on the outside and say, all right, now get at it. He's not the one standing and saying, okay, here's a list of rules. Let's see what you can do. He's saying that I know you can't do it. I know there's no way for you to do it. So I'm going to be the one that is going to make the trail. And this pioneer went into a wilderness that was untouched. Nobody could get into it. He went in. He fought back everything that needed to be fought back. He cleared the path. And his life threw everything at Jesus. He continually cleared the path. He was beaten, bruised, and battered fighting through this jungle called life, and as he, as he went through, he would continue to look, look back and say, all right, let's go. He would clear a path, and he would say, let's go. He would clear a path, and he would say, let's go. Your faith, your life starts with him, and the reason that he can hold you together is he's already cleared the path, he's already done it, and he's already got it set up for you so that if you would love him, it would not be your righteousness that saved you, but it would be his, and it's completed. Jesus Christ is the one that said from the cross, it is finished. There's no need for you to continually fight against the world. It's not your fight anyway. It's not your fight anyway. Hebrews 12, 2 is what we just talked about is the pioneer of our faith. Jesus Christ has gone before you. Will you come after him? Will you follow? Will you Will you give everything that you have to him and be transformed by the gospel? Click on that third point for me. It's not coming up, please. <coughs> the text goes on. It says, and he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. It goes on to say, and he is the head of of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he, bought, he might be preeminent. For in him 
all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. I'm going to try this again if it doesn't work. There we go. That in everything he might be preeminent. And someone said, you need to define that word preeminent or preeminence. And the bottom line is preeminent means this. He is the top. He is the best. He is the ultimate, the greatest. None other can touch him. None other can think about touching him. He is the ultimate of everything, everywhere, at all times. Jesus Christ is the forerunner to everyone who could think about ever running the race. And he's done it better than anyone else could think about doing it. He says he is the head. It says he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent. Listen, he is the head, the chief, the dread champion, and he is for you. He is for you. So often we get into this thing when you see how this is progressing now. We, we don't just need Jesus. We have to have him to live. And we don't just need him once. We have to have him to continually move and, and, and to go in a certain direction. But you don't just need him once in a while. You can't move without him. You're, you're, you're stale. You stop without him. You see, how many Christians do you know? And look in the mirror. I'm not talking about a lazy faith. I'm not talking about proclaiming a name. I'm not talking about saying, yeah, I'm a Christian. What I'm saying is, does your life with Jesus Christ show itself? How many Christians do you know that's beat down, bruised, and battered and never effective for the kingdom of God? That needs to stop. It needs to cease. I need you to press into Christ so that you would not just be holding on for dear life but that you would be a force to be reckoned with in the kingdom of God and that you would be a world changer, a life changer. And you say, but Brandon, I got all these sins. I got all these things. I'm not that smart. I'm not that, I can't speak. I, I'm not that good looking. I'm not, I'm not whatever. I can't do this. I can't do that. Let me read for you some scripture. Listen to what the word of God says. But the, this is Jeremiah chapter 20, verse 11. He was having a hard time. He was struggling with who he was and where he was going. How many of you are struggling with who you are and where you are going? How many of you think that you just need to hold on to the end? How many of you are just struggling so bad, not being effective at all, just holding on to the end? How many of you are just holding on to the end? How many of you would love to come out of that and be pressing forward and be reckoned with? And sure, you'll get beat down. You can't press forward without getting beat down. But how many of you would love to win the, when, it, when you get hit and when you get smacked and when you get pushed back, you push harder, you go farther because Jesus Christ is with you. Jeremiah chapter 20 verse 11 says, But the Lord is with me. But the Lord is with me as a dread champion. As a dread warrior, the Lord is with me as a dread warrior. Therefore, my persecutors, they will stumble. They will not overcome me. They will be greatly shamed, for they will not succeed. Their eternal dishonor will never be forgotten. Stop living in defeat, child of God. Your king is the dread champion. He cannot be defeated. He cannot be put asunder. He cannot be knocked down. He cannot be overtaken. He cannot be beat. And that's your king. 
You are children of the King. You are heirs of the kingdom with the Son of God. This well, this church, your life, your family, with Jesus Christ pushing and backing you, you will not be stopped. If only Jesus would open your eyes right now to see the power that is on the tip of your fingertips waiting for you to tap in to the presence of God. The dread champion stands in honor and victory saying, you will be victorious because I am victorious. It is not you. As we all stand to our feet and as the lights come down, I want you to think about this today. Who is Jesus to you? Where are you at in your life? I promise you that I am nothing special. There is nothing in me that is not in you. I am begging you. I am begging you to look to Jesus, to be changed by Him, to be overwhelmed by Him, to be indwelt by Him, to be overcome and overrun with the power of God in a way that could not be ever changed. What in the world was that? God saying, yeah. God said, let's go. Come to the dread champion. Lay down your pitiful life and pick up victory. He's right here. You see, Hebrews chapter 4 says, We do not have a high priest that is unable to sympathize with us, but one who has been tempted in every way, yet he did not sin. Don't you see? Everything that you struggled with, he struggled with and came out victorious. And he says, Come, child, rest on my shoulder, and not only will I comfort you, but I will empower you. How many of you want to be from go from being a decent man to a great man? I'm not teaching anything special except the name of Jesus Christ. You want to be a great man? You want to be a great woman? You want to be a world changer? You get on your face, child of God, and you live. Jesus is waiting for you. Today is the day of salvation or renewal. I will be here waiting on you. We're going to blow the roof off of this place because Jesus Christ can not be stopped. Amen. Come and give your life for the first time or for the last time.